Okay, people, we're live. Short notice is not the word for this. It's so short. I don't have a video queued up to do the intro. Uh, I reached out to Tom earlier today. I said Barnes uh, was not available for tonight's stream. Just a shot in the dark. And then he said yes, but I was not ready for him to say yes, actually. Uh, and he said yes. So we're going to do this because, for those of you who don't know, Tom Fitton, president of Judicial Watch, for those of you who don't know Judicial Watch, uh, they've been responsible for um, making many a FOIA requests that get much uh, uh, information that the powers that be don't want to get out to the general public. Now, Tom was expecting a Twitter space. Me, no likey Twitter. I like Twitter spaces, but I like video and I like stream better. But all that to say, you're going to see an avatar, a pulsating avatar of Tom for the evening uh, and not Tom's physical face. Although I, I guess it is his physical face. Tom, how you doing? You want me to do an avatar of my avatar? <laughs> it'll be it'll be meta avatar, in <laughs> avatar inception. Tom, first of all, thank you very much. Sorry for the confusion. Sorry for the. Oh, uh, you're the, welcome. Th this is going to be amazing. I've been listening to you on Twitter Spaces. It's been like yeah. a few weeks now. Uh, as the Earth seems to be, I don't know, imploding on itself, collapsing, or perhaps being reborn. Um, we won't do much of the intro, but Tom, for those who don't know who you are, thirty thousand foot overview. Well, I'm president of Judicial Watch, which is a, a nonprofit educational foundation uh, based in Washington, D.C. We, you know, we use the law as best as we're able to uncover what the government's up to. We represent whistleblowers. We challenge in court government misconduct and abuse. And, you know, and as an educational foundation, we tell people about it every which way we can. Uh Judicial Watch, if you could give like the it's it's been highly demonized. It's it's quite amazing how it's demonized on the the major, you know, the major platforms. But how how did Judicial Watch get its start, and what are you guys working on these days? Before we get well, into you know, it was it was founded now nineteen ninety four, so nearly was that thirty years ago, and uh, it was during the Clinton administration where government corruption was a big deal, and we started using what is known as the Freedom of Information Act early on and thinking of other interesting legal challenges. And FOIA had traditionally been used by the left really to challenge the, um, real, the I would say, the, um, the efforts by the national security establishment to uh, investigate the left. So it was usually a tool of the left to try to expose what the deep state was up to under their definition back then. And Judicial Watch began to use it um, on behalf of conservative values, you know, we understood that with big government came big corruption and what was promoted as government programs often were just uh, ways of, of, you know, getting someone paid off or interest paid off in a way I don't think most people would enjoy or, or support. Uh, so we started that during the heat, uh, you know, I began working at Judicial Watch during the Clinton impeachment and things haven't really slowed down since. So you've been in, I mean, that, that's a long time. The the Clinton impeachment is like one of the earliest political memories I have. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Uh, so you've yeah. been in Judicial Watch for, for darn near the better part of my life. Um, yeah, and it hasn't slowed 20, down. But 24, 24 years, yeah. That's that's out. I mean, that's amazing, but crazy. But before <laughs> before we get <laughs> 24 years, <laughs> it's, it's half of my life. And you've spent half of my life uh, being aware of and digging up the corruption that I have now only, say, discovered within the last six years. Um, 
in the early days, you know, it's gotten worse now, I presume. But what were the biggest sort of scandalous stories that you guys discovered broke through FOIA requests back in the day? Oh, I don't know. Chinese efforts to take over the government and influence our government through money. Um, personal salacious activity by folks like uh, the sitting president. Uh, lies about that activity and and the Chinese and uh, foreign influence in our government. I mean, there's there's literal in terms of the type of corruption, it hasn't changed. That's for sure. Has it has it gotten more brazen? Has it gotten more prolific, or are we just able to discover it more easily for those who are trying to look for it? Well, there's been little check on it, or not enough check on it, so it's increased. Um, I mean, I obviously the Chinese influence operations have not decreased since 1996. They've only increased, and the money involved is much more significant than it was during the um, uh, Clinton years. So uh, uh, it's gotten worse because uh, even though people are more sensitive about it, but because law enforcement and our federal bureaucracy has really refused to confront it, uh, there's, it, you know, people go, uh, you know, it's, it's like a water flowing downhill. You know, there's no impediment. It's just going to keep on going. And, and now we, we sort of, because we're going to get into some of the, the Chinese influence of the Chinese involvement in, in modern times specifically, I think it's prevalent in the Hunter Biden, uh, Joe Biden, what some are calling the crime syndicate in the White House. But what, historically, what have been the examples, what have been the illustrations of, of Chinese involvement, Chinese influence, Chinese infiltration? We know, you know, Fang Fang and, and, and spies infiltrating uh, the government. But what were some of the older examples and how they materialized compared to today, actually? There's little in, there's there's little difference. Uh, the Chinese or fronts for the Chinese started supporting Bill Clinton's candidacies. I mean, even prior to his being president, uh, you know, back in the early, you know, late 80s. Right. And uh, when did he when did he first run? Ninety six. No. Yeah. Ninety two. Excuse me. So uh, you had that going on. Um you also had contemporaneous with that the Chinese infiltrating, um, by all accounts, our nuclear labs, uh, you know, through partnerships and benefiting from technology. Um, as a result, you've had folks who were donating to the Clintons, uh, essentially get, getting money in order to get licenses that they probably shouldn't have had, which re resulted in significant missile technology transfers. You had Congress being targeted with financial manipulation, uh, and so much so, especially it was in California, that they were warning, the FBI was warning members of Congress about this, you know, which has echoes of Fang Fang. Uh, it's really remarkable how, how it's, uh, you know, how, how am I not describing today in some large measure? Well, it, it's actually fast. Have you heard the latest news coming out of Canada as relates to the liberal government uh, being influenced by Chinese money in the 2021 uh, federal elections? I hadn't. Okay, it, it's it, it's relatively new. Uh, CSIS, which is the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, is something along those lines. Uh, there's basically a report that came out in the Globe and Mail to the effect that uh, Chinese influences were literally either in, importing dark money into the Canadian federal election, uh, giving money to Chinese Canadians to make donations, 
that they would have otherwise not been able to make um, in order to influence the election to ensure that Justin Trudeau um, obtain a, uh, a minority government and remain in power. It's it's breaking information, but it's it's scandalous. But it's in the wake of Justin Trudeau's massive victory with this commission. I'm not sure if you heard about that, but um, well, yeah, I mean, and you know, and China obviously has a more of an outside influence in Canada because there's they're a smaller, smaller economy. Uh, less money goes a longer way in the Canadian political system, and they have a bigger economic footprint there, um, certainly in the western part of the country. So, uh, you know, none of that's surprising. But if you're not on watch for it, but if you're not on watch for it, um, and you're not you're not aware of it, and kind of you, you take you take steps to guard against it. Uh, it's it's um, it's hard to it's hard to explain away as well. We were just fooled. Uh, there's there's really little reason, especially if you're doing foreign nationals, not to put your um, to put your radar on to make sure um, the money coming in is legitimate. H- had you heard about the other element that? Uh... Canadian government was tra- training Chinese soldiers on Canadian soil for uh, wintertime combat or wintertime training. Well, that wouldn't, I hadn't heard that, but that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, well, you know, there's a certain logic in all of that. Uh, you know, the, the Western approach to China as to ingratiate and integrate ourselves with them in order to protect, you know, to kind of uh, uh, try to ensure uh, that they take Western approaches to national security issues and international issues. And uh, I, I, I would suspect that would be the least of the objectionable activities places like the U.S. and Canada have engaged in with respect to uh, uh, being in bed with the Chinese Communist Party and their and their defense establishment. Um, okay, let, let's. Uh, as, so, Judicial Watch is known for making FOIA requests. Uh, how do you, just explain the process for those who don't know? How, how do you pick a subject? How do you know when there's something to request a FOIA? Uh, a request for and what's the typical procedure wait time and what do you do when you don't get when you don't get uh answers following your requests yeah david I, when i i was talking about this on, on my weekly update uh the other day and, and people would be surprised well how how is it we figure out how to do all this important work well nine times out of ten we read about it in a newspaper now i know no one reads actual newspapers anymore that's my old-fashioned way for saying it but you read something in the newspaper and you say, well, there's got to be more there, or it's an obvious corruption scandal and you just have to follow up on it. And I can't tell you how often no one follows up on stories that are self-evidently quite important. And under the U.S. law, federal law, uh, I'll just warn you, I'm not a lawyer, so this is my layman's understanding of it. Um, there's the Freedom of Information Act. It's an open records law that allows individuals to corporations, for virtually anyone, including foreign nationals, I think, uh, to ask for government records about government decisions. And um, these, the FOIA applies to executive branch agencies, so presidential cabinet agencies and such, not the White House proper. And if they don't respond within a certain amount of time, and the, you know. Those deadlines kind of vary internally. They're not important. But the point is, if, if you don't get an answer, you can sue in federal court. And usually that's the only way to kind of get the documents you're looking for. Not in, not in a timely way, but um, at least you get them. And the government has to then explain why it will take as long as it will and then justify 
any redactions or exemptions it claims in whole or in part in the documents they produce. So, you know, for instance, they can keep out someone's social security number or private home address, uh, but the or or there's national security exemptions and and. Yeah, but the exemption that they drive a truck through, which is, in my view, often objectionable, is the uh, pre-decisional exemption, um, the, the, the deliberative process exemption, which allows them to, you know, hold back information that's traded and ideas that are traded back and forth before a final decision is made, because they're afraid it would chill government deliberations and. Obviously, it's that sort of material that many people would find most interesting. Well, and speaking of which, I mean, one of the if it's not the biggest, it's it's one of the most recent. But I think it's arguably the biggest as well is what Judicial Watch has found out about COVID, um, about all of the documents the government didn't disclose knowledge it had and did not disclose about boosters, about Fauci. Can you I mean, this is going to be like the big question. But can you can you tell us the, the latest revelations that some people might not be aware of, or they want to know what to present to friends and family when friends and family say, uh, you know, go line up for their fourth or fifth shot. What's the latest in terms of what you've gotten from the FOIA requests as relates to Fauci, as relates to COVID pandemic uh, and the government response as a whole? Well, uh, you know, this is a perfect example of something that's so important, right? COVID and the vaccines that we've been virtually alone in doing FOIA work on. It's not to say others haven't tried to get information and aren't getting information, but certainly we've been in front of the line and have the most comprehensive investigation. And um, for, you know, and, and the short answer to that is everything you're worried about is, is more or less true. Uh, we were funding gain function research. We uncovered that. They knew about it going back to 2016. Uh, the, uh, they were very nervous, and I mean the Fauci gang, they're very nervous about what the Chinese were doing with the, their labs, so much so that Fauci had a woman in China who was his liaison, kind of spying on them. So they were kind of spying on them while funding them at the same time. And um, uh, on top of that, uh, when it came time to start investigating it, the Chinese dictated the terms of confidentiality in our investigation. And then as the, uh, as the process began with the vaccines and such, uh, we uncovered that uh, the vaccines were tested or parts of the vaccine process were tested in China, that the, um, uh, a lot of the, at least the booster side of it, was a political push, result of the approvals were the result of political pushes by the White House, and that the science or the data supporting uh, booster maintenance or booster um, uh, pushing the boosters is, was, was not a, um, uh, you know, wasn't backed up by the data. So a lot of big issues out there. And um, uh, it's just extraordinary how little the media has covered this. Well, let's start with number number one which was Anthony Fauci got in front of Congress once upon a time and said, we didn't, we did, we do not engage in gain of function research. And the demonstrable contradiction of that affirmation was, and you'll explain to me if I'm getting the mechanism right, is that they in fact did um, participate in gain of function research, but it wasn't them. It was funded through this third party NGO. Is it that that's, 
that's oh yeah but they did that was a distinction the media will like to give you but it, it, they were they were the ngo eco health alliance was a creature of niaid and ih uh, the monies were spent by the taxpayer through those through that nonprofit. and as i said back in 2016 uh, they were on. They were they were upset with EcoHealth because it looked like they were engaging in gain of function research. And as soon as the coronavirus hit and COVID hit, the um, uh, as as we know separately, they internally began be, uh, began to um, investigate uh, gain of functions ties to it. Because if 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 uh, this virus was man made. It was the result of U.S. funding. I mean, that's that's what gated functions about, because that technique was funded and the expertise came in a through a partnership with the United States, not only in that Wuhan one that Wuhan lab, uh, but when you look at the documents, uh, you'll see that the funding of uh, Chinese biological um, research was comprehensive uh, and throughout China, not just at secure weapons, you know, uh, uh, level four labs, but less secure labs as well. And, you know, the other angle of that is it's going on here in the United States. So I fear when it comes to gain of function, uh, you know, the rules aren't being enforced. Uh, it's being described so narrowly as to allow gain of function research to go on with, you know, outside the alleged prohibition and structures to keep it from getting out of control. It's it's a terribly risky thing that's happening. Um, uh, this type of scientific um, uh, uh, research, because the consequence of it, if you know, for instance, COVID, if it's indeed an, a, a, an engineered virus, you can see what the consequences are. Well, we say it's a, it's an if. Or you say if indeed it's a, a, a man made or man tinkered with virus, it comes from U.S. taxpayer dollars. Do we not know enough to pretty much definitively conclude that? It, it, it had man intervention in it. It came from the lab in, in China, uh, partially funded through this third-party NGO, which is nothing but a, a disguised branch of the NIH or NAID, whatever that is, uh, whatever the acronym is. And that after all that was discovered, then Fauci recoils on the fact that it wasn't gain of function. I've got a paper here signed by 12 other people that say what that was was not gain of function. Do we not, are we not able to definitively say now that this was the result of, of American taxpayer dollars um, contributing to gain-of-function research that unleashed a pandemic from China that 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 devastated the world. Well, I don't. I'm not. I, I don't profess to uh, be aware of all the science could, that would help us ascertain that. Uh, I do know it's enormously difficult to ascertain that without the full cooperation of the Chinese communists, uh, which have simply refused to cooperate. So. Uh, you know, how, how do we analyze the re refusal to cooperate? Well, you assume they have something to hide. And something to hide is that there was an engineered virus that got out. Um, and I don't know whether it got out on purpose or not. You know, because, you know, once once you start hiding things, there's no reason to presume, you know, innocence on any aspect of this. And we knew the Chinese weren't cooperating, yet we downplayed that. Um, I know... Um, some of our earlier documents showed that WHO were working was working with Fauci and company to put out a big press release praising all the all the efforts of the various countries in combating this issue and and they said you know and we're and they they went out of their way and they noted to Fauci 
please pay particular attention to the, the special praise we're heaping on China here. And he said, noted. You know, so this was about protecting China, but also about protecting um, the reputations of people like Fauci, who, who funded this research that whether or not it was tied to COVID is something that uh, no one would ever approve, in my view, uh, knowingly, given the risk involved. And for those who are just don't understand what gate of function is, it's essentially taking a virus that isn't terribly harmful to humans or maybe harmful to humans and making it even more harmful and more contagious potentially. Yeah, or, or, or a virus that's not communicable to humans in animals and then make, finding a way to tinker to make it communicable from non-mammals or non-humans to humans. Um, okay, the question that I was just about to ask was, oh yeah, the, the Lancet, you know, early on saying, even asking the question if it comes from a lab in China is racist, hinders our ability to, to um, you know, respond to this crisis and, and only causes problems. When you get a, a slew of these documents coming from a request, first, how many people at how many people at Judicial Watch are there to to look through this? Because I presume you, as an individual, cannot possibly go through uh, the documentation that you ultimately receive in any given issue. So, uh, what's the what's the team like at Judicial Watch? And well, we have a big team. You know, as documents come in, they come in in batches, so they're usually pretty manageable. The government uh, told us they could only give us five hundred pages a month because. Fauci personally and his team had to sign off on the records to make sure they wouldn't interfere with his super heroic efforts to save the country from COVID. Uh, so they were only going through 500 pages a month. And, you know, of that, you know, only portions were released to Judicial Watch. So it's manageable. So a few people look at them and I could, I could look at most of them as well as, as we uh, as we put them out there. And, and the nice thing about what we do is unlike the media, who get document leaks and they say, well, you know, according to people who saw the documents, this is what they say. Uh, you know, you can take my analysis for what it's worth, but you know, in the end, you can go and look at the documents directly. So we put out all the documents as we get them. Uh, you know, we we try to highlight for folks what we think are important about them, but uh, in the end, individuals can look at them themselves and sometimes find additional information that we may have overlooked or they think is important too. And this is, I'm not going to ignore the other issues, which are, which Judicial Watch is doing amazing work in, but I think the pandemic, and we're going to move, move into Hunter Biden and, you know, the, the Twitter files uh, in, in a second, but uh, from what you've gotten, so it, whether or not it's definitively tied to gain-of-function research, that connection has been made as a result of your work. Um, well, you know, it wasn't just us concerned about it. Uh, you know, we uncovered documents. I thought this would be a big headline, but evidently the media doesn't care when the FBI does certain things like they, uh, uh, they'd rather avoid talking about, uh, which is the FBI began looking into this issue in, in March of 2020. And I don't know what happened with, this, with, this, uh, with that investigation. So, so isn't that big news to you that the FBI was investigating gain-of-function search? Fauci's agency. It, it, well, you know, it, it's massive, and there's a, a someone has a, a touch the riot has a question which says, you know, Viva question for Fitton, what can be done to hold Fauci and Pfizer accountable? They did it for the data, like Mengele re Nuremberg code. I mean, Tom, I know you're not a lawyer, so I won't ask you that question. And Barnes and I will talk. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting how there hasn't been any form of meaningful, as far you know, above and beyond congressional hearings. 
but don't go very far, criminal hearings. So, so what is the, what, what was the revelation about the FBI looking into Fauci, but not internationally, or were they looking internationally as well into the origin? Well, who knows? You know, and that kind of leads to, an, I think, an answer to, the, to uh, the question, which is that I think there's fraud involved here. So they're telling us there's no gain of function and their own regulations in the agencies prohibited funding for gain of function, yet it was happening and folks didn't want to talk about it or covered it up. And that's where crimes potentially may have occurred. In addition to a you know potential perjury by Fauci in denying that gain of function was funded. Uh, so, you know, that's that's one way to get accountability. The other way to get accountability is through what Judicial Watch does, which is just get the information out so that history at least will record what went on. But, you know, unless there's punishment and uh, to be clear uh, for those who engaged in this, you know, these risks, the, you know, this, this this dangerous type of. I would say this reckless behavior that shows contempt for the people's right to govern themselves, because these are bureaucrats just doing this on their own with virtually little oversight from elected representatives. Uh, you know, and frankly, I, I would decimate those agencies in terms of their ability to give money out like this and uh, add more political appointees to them to the degree they're still around to make them more responsive to Congress and to the president. Because right now, um, the one thing we can we should at least all agree upon, no more Fauci's. No one with that type of power and influence oh, um, in, a, in a Republican form of government, that's for sure. And people don't really appreciate the extent of Fauci because even those who know that they hate him and think he's potentially a, a criminal against humanity for COVID, a lot of people don't know about his role in uh, the AIDS epidemic 40 years ago and the, the exact same tactics, methods, and pressure tactics and discrediting of dissenting scientists was done then. It's like it's like the HIV pandemic epidemic 2.0. And Fauci was there then doing the same thing, controlling the purse strings of funding money, discrediting scientists who would dare question the science that is Fauci. And, and, he, and nothing has changed over 40 years and he did it again here. So gain of function research, funding, Indirectly, but directly through third-party NGOs, but branches of, of the NIH. Um, what, what was the latest that uh, Judicial Watch uncovered about the boosters, the, the, the insanity or the arbitrariness of the timelines? Um, I'm not sure if it was Judicial Watch that broke the, the, the Moderna withholding data, but what, what's the latest that, that Judicial Watch has uncovered on boosters? Anybody oh, yeah. It. I mean, you know, so, so some of the folks thought the vaccines as originally created were OK enough to continue providing some level of protection. So these weren't folks who were anti-vax in the agencies. These were folks who thought the boosters weren't needed. And uh, and they had these deadlines that, according to the documents we uncovered, I'd have to I, I have to spend too much time finding it online before. But your 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 listeners can pull them up as I'm talking. Uh, that the White House was imposing deadlines that made no sense. And sure enough, the White House deadlines were the ones that seemed to govern, as opposed to the deadlines that arise as a result of uh, a careful evaluation of the data and guidance. So, uh, you know, and, and more recently, we uncovered that, um, you know, there's this there was a secret agreement, evidently, because it's still secret since we don't know what it is, about... Uh, something having to do with adverse events related to the vaccines between the United Kingdom and 
and the United States, there were these emails we just uncovered showing uh, they were trading information. The UK and the US was um, our agency here and the UK's, um, you know, uh, counterpart about anaphylaxis, anaphylaxis uh, which is a um, systemic allergic reaction, a really bad allergic reaction, you know, potentially deadly one. And uh, they were talking about trading the information and both of them said, now we have to be very careful about the confidentiality agreement we have. So what, what does that mean? What the heck does that mean? I mean, A, they've, they've got this secret concern that we're only finding out about as a result of a federal lawsuit. And then secondly, you know, details about some of the adverse events are being covered, governed by a confidentiality agreement. You know, what's, what's being kept secret? Is it something, is it just personal data about patients? Is it, is it something more substantial? You know, that's what we're going to want the answers to. Um, all right. I mean, the, 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 I, I think people are going to get very angry listening to this because it's just it's just one thing after another. The scope of these scandals are, 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 are mind blowing. Um, that's the latest on COVID. <laughs> I guess that's the latest that you guys are involved with on the on the Judicial Watch end on, on COVID. Um, what are the other big projects you're working on? I mean, are, are you working on uh, um, Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking. Are you working on the Hunter Biden laptop stuff? Is there Are there any requests for information there? Because that, that I imagine... Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I would say that, that there might be the Chinese infiltration connection there as well, where when, you know, when, when some people had accused Trump of uh, foreign nations having dirt on their family so they could extort or coerce, uh, you know, policy or other political decisions, it seems that if anybody had such dirt on any political family, it would be Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, which might explain some of the political decisions as of late that have been made. But are, are you involved in anything related to that above and beyond witnessing what we're all witnessing in real time with the Twitter files? Oh, sure. I mean, um, you know, Biden, as I say, is the worst, is the most corrupt president since he was vice president. Um, uh, he, he is involved, in my view, the evidence is in a racketeering operation uh, with his uh, with his family. Uh, it was certainly was uh, going on during his vice presidency, and then then he tried to hide his involvement in his post during his post post vice presidency during the Trump administration. Uh, and you know, we're asking everything that can be asked about this. We've sued the State Department for records about uh, Hunter Biden. What are they talking about? What I think is very interesting, and I'll tell you this, David, because we had gotten documents, I guess it's almost two years ago, showing the Obama State Department was very much concerned about Hunter and what he was doing in Burisma and how it was impacting policy. In fact, Biden went to Ukraine again just shortly before Trump came into office. And two of the folks who were involved in trying to attack and impeach Trump Ambassador Ivanovich, and uh, I forget the name of the other official, they all um, were were monitoring. Um, the ambassador is getting an email from this, her colleague saying the Russians are, are trolling us in their media about their our anti-corruption stance in, U in Ukraine because of uh, Biden's Burisma connections. And this is the quote, Burisma is a gift that keeps on giving. So here we got evidence that 
our work on anti-corruption in China was uh, in Ukraine was being um, hampered by Biden's corruption, and the Russians knew it, uh, what he was up to. Uh, but what, what I think is interesting is we don't have much in the way of documents about what they were doing in China. And I know that Judicial Watch had separately uncovered that Biden uh, took his son on Air Force Two at least five times to China. We know at least one of those times a business was discussed with Joe and 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 Hunter's business partners, Chinese business partners. Uh, There's at least one meeting. So, um, but we haven't gotten many, much in the way of documents otherwise about uh, State Department reactions to that activity and, and the sort of things that would normally pop up. And we've been suing and they've been fighting us uh, on terms of disclosures for quite some time now. What would be any rational explanation trying to steal many? You know, I think it was Nancy Pelosi who took her son on an international trip and she said he was chaperoning her. What would be any rational explanation for which Hunter Biden setting aside all of the personal issues, but maybe we have to factor those in. What would be any rational explanation for which you would be traveling with Joe Biden um, to go to China on, on Air Force Two, which I mean, I guess means he's there as some government government personnel. Well, we know what the answer to that is. Uh, you know, the rational explanation is he was there uh, for business interest. He wasn't a governmental. He wasn't traveling as a spouse. You know, sometimes you have a family member that travels as a spouse, you know, takes the role of, as as the spouse in a, such a, a political event. So it wasn't like he was representing the United States, uh, you know, working with his father. He was there to do business. And uh, it's, you know, and, and to, to me, to me uh, you know, it, it, it has to inform our analysis of what went on over the last three weeks. All of this has to inform our analysis of the Ukraine war. Uh, his uh, Biden being compromised as a result of what Hunter and his brothers and what he was doing, not only in Russia but in Ukraine and and in China. So I mean, it, it's sort and, of and that's just a, and, and that isn't just you know that isn't everywhere that that they were involved in either. It, it, it's almost like so old as far as news goes that people have forgotten about it. The, the 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 infamous uh video of joe on stage bragging about how uh he ordered uh aid to be withheld unless a certain special prosecutor were fired and six hours later that guy's fired they get the aid can you recontextualize that for everybody so that we can then contextualize that with the current war in ukraine and when you say like we have to understand what the u.s and the bidens are up to in ukraine so we can understand that i mean can you recreate that original situation so people can understand if they've forgotten that statement? Well, there are two things I think that arise from that what happened there and kind of the Ukraine issue. Uh, you know, remember Joe Biden, uh, his son is alleged to have received money from the Russians directly through the widow of an oligarch, the former mm -hmm. mayor of Moscow. Burisma was a Russia-leaning look a Russia -leaning uh, company. And as I noted earlier, the Russians knew that we were on the tape because they literally were part of that operation. So when they look at Ukraine, what do they see? And if Putin's making his calculations, what are the calculations he would make? Does it mean he invaded Ukraine because Biden's been on the take from the Russians? No. Is it a contributing factor? I dare, I dare say yes. 
And when he looks at the Ukrainian government acting as a pawn of the United States, he probably thinks he's probably even more motivated to do whatever he wants to do uh, because he doesn't take the country as seriously as he ought to. Uh, so those are the factors, I think, that cause um, uh, our national security to be harmed and help create the conditions for a war. Um, when it comes to Ukraine and the money laundering, what, what, what some people just consider money laundering scheme, the, the latest revelations or the latest scandal was that apparently there's uh, above and beyond the NBC, CBS, whichever report it was that said something like 30% of all aid, which includes weapons, makes its way to the end line. Uh, apparently there was so much corruption within the Zelensky government that they had to you know, recently expel or, or, or take care of corruption within their own government. Tom, I mean, that literally means that the Ukrainian government in its corruption are finding ways to siphon off or, or, or appropriate funds that are being sent to Ukraine to finance this proxy war. Yeah, I mean, that should not be surprising anyone. I and mean, we can't control corruption in our own country when you look at the numbers and the billions of dollars that were misspent in COVID aid. I mean, why would we think that a country getting direct payments to, quote, pay their government workers uh, is um, a country like Ukraine going to be any more reliable um, uh, a vehicle for spending our money? You know, at least with guns and bullets, you know, you can, they're a little easier to track since they're like <laughs> things you can put your hands on. Uh, but the distribution of cash is something that should be avoided whenever we can. Okay. So, so we all know it. We say the words Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma, no expertise in energy companies, no linguistic expertise, being paid $50,000 a month. Burisma. Uh, as you're explaining, is a Russian-leaning... What does that mean exactly, a Russian-leaning company? It means they're open to doing business with Russia, so Russia has... Uh... Yeah, I mean, they were, they were, they were, you know, they were friendly with the Russians. I mean, in Ukraine, you were on the Ukraine, Ukraine side of the ledger, yeah, or you were on the Russia side of the ledger. Uh, Burisma probably tried to play it both ways, but they were known, my understanding is, as being on the Russia side of the ledger. I mean, they were essentially a vehicle for the Russians to get energy into Ukraine and 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 further. So, you know, without overstating it, the point is, it doesn't matter. Hunter was put on the board of directors of a foreign company to to you know leverage that position. It looks like, as you highlight, uh, to keep um, uh, the government off their backs uh, with the help of the U.S. government. And so the and the rationale is then you know um, and and Trump threw the whistle on it and they tried to impeach him for it. Yeah, the, the the amazing thing it's just it's just the the uh, I think it's uh, James Lindsay who has the iron law of woke projection. It's they accuse you of doing what they're doing. What, what they attempted to impeach Trump for was literally and verbatim what uh, Biden actually did, although he wasn't president when he did it. And so it's an interesting idea that you're. Your thought and the idea is that Russia feels empowered to engage in aggression because they have the dirt effectively on the Biden regime, which is corruptly, uh, you know, engaging in activities in Ukraine. And what are they going to do about it? We have the dirt on them. Um, wh where do things stand now for, for outstanding FOIA requests that you might be making? as uh -oh. to... hey, We have thousands of FOIA requests. So... Uh... Okay. You know, so every everything your listeners are interested in investigating, 
we're investigating. And, you know, generally topic wise, it's elections, it's immigration, it's Biden corruption, it's critical race theory, of both investigating FOIAs, defending those being victimized by it, uh, challenging racist and segregationist activities by the government, which the left has embraced recently. Uh, uh, the uh, issue of the Biden corruption is still a big one. And the targeting of Trump hasn't stopped. So we've got many lawsuits on that as well. At the risk of asking the question, that's going to get me in trouble on YouTube because we're still there now. Uh, Wikipedia, Mr. Fitton, regards you as, I think there's a whole section dedicated to you having uh, spread the most, uh, the number three spreader of election disinformation. Um, what's, what, 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 did you, what did Judicial Watch uncover as relates to uh, the elections, which ones, and, and what, let me, I'll just ask the broad question, what's your opinion on the elections of 2020 in particular? Yeah, well, that's, you know, Wikipedia is a, is a tool of the left. Uh, it's, it's a joke, by the way. I, I, mean, the, I only the, talk the, when com, the communists uh, write my bios. It's, it's, it's funny. And they're obsessed with the fact that I am skeptical of their climate scams as well. Yep, that's, that, that's, the, that's the one that pisses them off the most, from what I can tell. And by the way, I don't quote Wikipedia as, as an authority. I quote it uh, as something to laugh I, at. But I hear you. I hear okay. you. Well, so Judicial Watch has been doing elections since, you know, I was in... Florida with my colleagues counting ballots and examining what was going on in Florida in 20, no, in 2000 during that election. And we saw uh, that uh, there was uh, something um, sketchy going on. Uh, Bush ultimately won, uh, but I, I think there were challenges to the rule of law there in terms of potential fraud. Now, 2020 happened, and many, many Americans um, are suspicious about the way it happened. I'm trying to avoid you getting taken down from YouTube here. Uh, but uh, the fact is that uh, President Trump had the votes to win on Election Day, and he ultimately lost as the result of unprecedented counting of ballots that took place for days and weeks afterwards. And uh, that's the controversy uh, in my view, in a nutshell, whether that was appropriate or not, uh, it doesn't mean that Biden isn't the president and all of that. Uh, but on top of that, even beyond the election, uh, you know, the way uh, you know, the controversy of that of the process, uh, we now have evidence that uh, there was attempted election interference. And people will argue about whether it was successful, but there's no doubt it was election interference with the uh, with the FBI and virtually every agency of government at the time, and you know, even though it was Trump administration, they were all anti-Trump in terms of the simple, you know, what what the their goal was uh, to suppress information about a candidate, Joe Biden, and to suppress the account of another candidate, President Trump, and uh, you know that that's just about as blatant interference as you can get, and it's all been exposed in the Twitter files and. You know, people say, well, that's your, your, just your opinion. It's like, well, that's, that's actually an admission by Twitter. You know, uh, Oscar Musk uh, agrees with that analysis. And so, um, you know, that's, that's the truth about what happened in 2020. It's an amazing thing that people have already forgotten about that Time article magazine, which described a secret cabal of well-funded people who worked behind the scenes to change the laws, change the rules, control the control the flow of information. Time magazine 
as far as I'm concerned, described the very fraud that we all agree with. So they described it eloquently and they described it in an attempt to normalize it and legalize it. Um, but now we're so we're seeing that because it comes full circle right back to the latest Twitter files, which is FBI and intelligence engaging with social media or even compelling, coercing, pressuring social media to interfere with elections by suppressing true information that they knew was true. Hence the controlling the free flow of information as described in the Time article magazine. Tom, is that not the most um, insidious in your face corruption you have ever seen in your life? Or am I just young and naive? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> it's the worst corruption scandal since the last corruption scandal, right? Uh, it just seems to just increase in size and scope um, each time we hear about it. And uh, is it is it worse than the targeting of Trump by the deep state and the seditious attacks on Trump's administration? using fake stories about Russia? I don't know, you know, uh, but uh, th there's no doubt that there was this effort by the left to suppress criticism of the changes to the law. And it was, you know, I saw it real time on Twitter. I mean, Judicial Watch has been doing this work for uh, well over 20 years. Uh, we've testified to Congress. I've testified to Congress. We've had groundbreaking uh, election litigation in the courts that have cleaned up the rolls. Uh, we have uh, former attorneys from the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department who worked on election integrity cases. So it's not like we don't know what we're talking about, yet they were uh, the uh, the bureaucrats at, at Twitter uh, were censoring us at the behest of the left. And it looks like now uh, the government. Uh, and let, let's well, just... And we know it happened, for instance, in... California, I mean, California, the Secretary of State's office got them to take down a YouTube video uh, that um, featuring me for Judicial Watch uh, talking about election issues. And um, uh, we, we sued, we filed a civil rights lawsuit, a federal civil rights lawsuit over that uh, state agency's interference and in suppression of our First Amendment freedoms. Where, where, dare I ask the, the naive question, where did it go or did it go nowhere? Uh, it's it's still litigation. I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's been I don't even think it's you know gotten. Um, I mean I think it's mo motions to dismiss probably are still pending. If if I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing the way this litigation ordinarily goes. So nothing's nothing's happened dramatically to either uh, move it forward or end it. <laughs> and not to be not to be cynical. I'm just I would not not only would I not hold my breath. I'd bet against you even though I think. Uh, I, I, I think you're right. Like we're, we're looking at the Twitter files now and people who don't stop to think for a second are saying it's a private enterprise. They said it before. It's a private company. They can do what they want. And they said it then. They had already made up their minds. Now the information comes out that this private company has ex counsel from the FBI now working as executives on the company have Tom, how many, how many agents did they have working with Twitter uh, in the Twitter file? Was it like, Oh, 80? countless, countless, yeah, eighty, um, at least two offices worth, and and the involvement of the leadership, and, and weekly meetings, backdoor portals. But the same people who said before this information came out, it's a private company; they can do what they want, have to reaffirm that conclusion to preserve their ego and sense of intelligence. They say, okay, so they so they're meeting with them. The FBI wasn't coercing them to do anything; they just sit down with Zuckerberg and say. 
This is a nice social media platform you have here. Uh, and watch out for some Russia misinformation. But I just I need to I need to refresh everybody's memory because you, you brought it back. You're like, yeah, the biggest scandal is it bigger than the FBI falsifying information to obtain secret spy warrants, secret FISA warrants to spy on Carter Page so they can one step to Trump while you know in his first year of office to concoct a fabricated story of Russia collusion to undermine the first three years of his presidency. I may have thought it at the time, but I certainly didn't say it. It was a this was a nonviolent, but it's still pretty violent coup. And how much more corrupt can anything get than that? You're right. Hunter Biden, FBI now coming in again and saying Russia disinformation. This this Hunter Biden laptop story bears all the hallmarks of Russia disinformation. Don't publish it. They don't publish it. They censor it. Nobody forced them to do it. It interfered with an election. Um, Tom, how do you, how do you keep going? without thinking uh, it's never going to change. People are too stupid. People are too lazy. People think so long as they remain friends with the corruption, it will never come back to get them. H- how do you motivate yourself to keep pushing forward with this? Well, you know, the thing is, what are we doing what we can do to combat these issues? A, are we moving to expose them, you know, suing to get some accountability where we can? And the answer is yes. So it's not like you, you know, you give up and move away. There's nowhere you can go. You got to, you know, you got to defend the rule of law, you know, and the challenge is for, um, you know, other government officials who know better and don't want to do much about it is, are they doing everything they can do? That's the challenge for the new Republican Congress, right? Are they going to do everything they can do? Uh, It's a challenge for the Justice Department and the FBI. Frankly, they ought to be the target of criminal investigations rather than conducting them. Uh, But um, and if they're not doing what they can do, that's where the problem is. And I go to sleep easy at night knowing that Judicial Watch is uh, really uh, second to none in uh, trying to get some accountability for this attack on our Republican form of government. And, you know, we're, in my view, David, in a, this goes beyond even the issues we're talking about. But we're, we're in a revolutionary period where the left is, you know, the veil has been lifted by the left. Uh, the hardcore left has taken over uh, the, uh, the, I would I would say, the, the key structures of government and or attacking them, trying to destroy them. And so uh, this is this is a question about whether our country is going to survive this uh, as we know it, or are we going to lose the republic? I don't want to ask the cataclysmic question, but I, I ask myself this question as well, you know, from Canada, I see Canada going past the point of no return. Uh, the U.S. looks like the last bastion of freedom, at least in certain states. If it, if it goes cataclysmic in the states, what does that future look like to you? Like, what what does the what does the breakdown of the republic as we now know it look like post breakdown? Um, you'll see increasing jailing and targeting of people based on their political beliefs. I mean, that's that's usually the difference between us and the bad guys, right? You go to jail if you're a dissenter, and we're seeing that that's the case these days. That that they've they've using uh, the Justice Department and uh, state agencies where they can to jail those involved in First Amendment protected speech, not because they were doing anything illegal, but because they were doing things that were politically inconvenient to those in power, and uh, and we see that. And I'm, that's what's happening with virtually everything tied to the elections and the, all the talk about the elections 
is is about ensuring people uh, don't react or or don't fight back uh, when they see uh, election uh, issues in the future. Um, okay, so look, the, the big issues you got COVID, <laughs> COVID uh, uh, funded through third parties. Jeez, uh, I forgot the word now. Gain of function, uh, lying to the public about the need for boosters, about the efficacy that we now know. Uh, you got Hunter Biden laptop, you got Russia Gate, uh, and you've got uh, the, the CRT issues, but th- the biggest issue being the incident in Loudoun County um, about potentially hiding uh, sexual assault committed by a transgender student that uh, nobody wanted to go public, make public because it would be too politically toxic and, and compromising. Are, are you involved in uh, any FOIA requests as relates to the Loudoun incident in particular? But what do you have? Where are you standing now with CRT at large? And what are the biggest targets um, for your FOIA requests as relates to CRT? Oh, yeah. So we are we've been tracking the Loudoun uh, uh, very closely, the Loudoun County, Virginia case uh, closely working with the parents out there as well. And so sometimes we do the work directly. Other times we just work with parents who uh, need some of our expertise or informal advice. Uh, but CRT is, is the pandemic we need to uh, be concerned about. Uh, it's repackaged Marxism. It's the guiding force, uh, the guiding policy for the ent- everything the Biden administration. And I say critical race theory. It's cr- generally speaking, it's just critical theory. It's this idea that you use uh, individual characteristics as a way to separate, uh, segregate and separate and use as a basis to attack uh, those that the Marxists typically would attack in order to get their revolution. And uh, it's going on in our schools, it's going on in our military. As I said, the Biden administration is obsessed with it. And uh, for instance, in, in, in I've got two examples of some of the work we've been doing to kind of show you just how far off the left has gotten off of you know what used to be their respect for anti-discrimination laws and adherence to it was um, in California, they had mandates for boards of directors requiring certain numbers of women and ethnicities and, you know, based on race and then, you know, LGBT status and things like that. Uh, those stand, those quotas be put, uh, be mandated for private boards of directors. And we sued saying that's, that's an outright violation of the California state constitution obviously the federal constitution, and we won two cases in California. In Michigan, there's a union contract law, a union contract they signed in Minneapolis with the union, and uh, normally in contracts uh, like that, if there are layoffs, it's, there's usually a seniority, right? You, long you've been there, the least likely you are to be laid off. Well, they put an exception there in that contract, which is if you're if you're a minority, you get protected from layoffs. So a white person who's more senior is more likely to be fired than a less junior minority. Brazing violation of federal and state and constitutional law. And uh, so we've sued that and the judge initially said, well, that may actually save us some money. So I'm going to let it slide for now. And that's that's the craziness in which we're in right now, where you have this, in one case, a judicial embrace 
uh, but certainly uh, the governments, um, you know, left-wing control governments have completely jettisoned any, any uh, support for laws against racial discrimination. I was actually yeah, going to ask- Laws against racial discrimination. And I was going to ask you the definition, the, the definition of CRT, because one of the, the biggest talking points from the side that said, CRT doesn't exist, okay, but it, it, we're, it does exist, but we're not teaching it. Okay, we're teaching it, but it's not CRT. And you can't define what CRT is. If I ask for a, a quick definition so I can snip and clip it to the social medias, Tom, uh, you, you may have already touched on it, but define CRT for the world once and for all. Critical race theory essentially presumes that Western civilization has been uh, compromised by uh, racism in in all of its structures, in all of its um, you know all of its architecture, whether it be government, culture, or education, and it, and it, and nothing's been protected. And whether or not you're black or white, you participate in that supremacy, unless, of course, you've been blessed with special knowledge about critical race theory that allows you to see through this veil and understand for those of us who are stupid that, oh, no, you've all, you're all part of this racist um, conspiracy and uh, only we can lead you out of it. And, 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 and that means... And people laugh and mocked when the left said that those um, those those officers in 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 uh, yeah, uh, where Tennessee, was it? Uh, you know, those black officers who uh, uh, beat up that that uh, black suspect. Uh, they said that that was part of white supremacy, and you know, people laugh at that, but not for the Marxist left. I mean, that's perfectly logical. Because you can be part of the system, despite the system, um, uh, you know, despite seemingly being someone who would be antagonistic or supportive of uh, the critical race theory approach. It, so, it, you know, is- so unless, unless you've had your consciousness raised, right, and you've gone through the struggle safe sessions or the re-education camps or training, uh, no matter your race, uh, you you are part of the system. The 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 under critical race theory, and of course, you've got the queer theory, uh, cousin of that, and uh, other Marxist uh, variations of it. But it's all all part of the same. It's just packagingism. Yes, I remember. So I, don't seeing know, a I don't know if that's a brief summary, but that's my general understanding of it. And um, and they're teaching it, you know, we just came up with some materials. Again, this is something I read in the Washington Post. The D.C. public schools are revamping their social studies curriculum to impose critical and queer studies theory, queer theory, on everyone from kindergartners to high schoolers. Oh. And, and, start, and, and, yeah, starts in kindergarten. And in Florida, they when when the objection is to certain queer theory being taught as part of Black History Month, it then allows the absolute disingenuous and dishonest purveyors of disinformation and the adherence to it to say, you know, the bill said don't say gay when it had nothing to do with not saying gay. They say this one is about uh, black uh, blocking Black History Month from Florida schools. Um, and I remember seeing a flowchart at one point which said uh, that something happens. Uh, it basically was like all, all roads lead to racism and Larry Elder being the black face of white supremacy. Uh, Thomas Sowell, uh, uh, there was there was someone uh, who who was also a black a black woman, 
who on Twitter accused, I said, you know, other than being black, what's what are Seoul's credentials um, for having opinions on 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 certain issues? Which was the, the most classic confession through projection I can imagine. Um, so, so the Loudon, th this was the incident for those who don't know of the transgender student who uh, sexually assaulted a student at another at one school was transferred to another school where he sexually assaulted another student and the school overtly lied about the incident, uh, demonized the father of the of the of the assaulted girl, uh, had him arrested at one of the meetings. Uh, and now it's come out that they knew they hid it on purpose because it would have been too politically compromising to their side. You know, it's it's ideology and party above facts and above all else. What's the latest on that, Tom, uh, from, from what you guys are working on? Well, there was a special report that they all refused to release the, the, the school board. So we'll have to ask for and sue for that if necessary. Um, you know, that would have exposed a lot of the corruption that you've highlighted there. Uh, but this is going on in school districts throughout the country. Uh, we represent uh, parents and teachers who have been punished for raising questions about this. Uh, they're policing speech in a way uh, we really have never seen before in American history. And um, and these are all um, uh, uh, civil rights violations, you know, and, and it's ironic that it's groups like Judicial Watch who are kind of doing all the civil rights work uh, that needs to be done. And the left is, is on the other side, uh, including too often groups like the ACLU that purported to be on the side of civil rights. And yeah, or, or the ADL, they want to out outlaw hand gestures that they fabricate as being. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the ADL has gone full, full woke in that regard. And, you know, and, and, and it's not just like, you know, I got censored. Judicial Watch got censored. We all get censored online, you know, big influencers and such. But, you know, those who want to see the content of Judicial Watch, those who are denied and want to see the content of me or whoever gets censored or lives at TikTok or folks like that, they're all they're also having their civil rights violated. So we're all victims of this um, government, uh, big tech, uh, media censorship operation. And it's not just those who are specifically censored. It's those who's, uh, who are denied access to content as a result of that censorship. This was actually one of the questions that was asked during one of the Twitter spaces where someone says, how do you make the left realize that they shouldn't support the censorship? Someone in the chat or someone in the, in the, in the, in the Twitter space said, um, you know, they have to appreciate that at the time these posts about Trump were being taken down, their attacks on Trump were also being caught up in the censorship and being taken down. That should piss them off. But, I, you know, the more I sit here and listen to it, I'm convinced that they would say, well, I don't mind if I'm a victim because that's for the greater good in uh, there was another analogy that I had. Oh, the, the you know, the, the people who were being deprived of being able to be with loved ones while they died during covid because of, you know, all of the rules. Well, they'll say that's a sacrifice we had to make for the greater good. So we don't mind being victimized and being abused in that sense. I, Tom, I genuinely think this now that even those on the left who would wake up and say, holy crap, I'm being victimized, I'm being abused, they would say it's for the greater good, party over country, and those who dare say it's a problem, well, they immediately become right-wing. I, I don't know what the solution is. It seems that a lot of people are willing to put up with the dehumanizing censorship abuse because they feel somewhere down in their soul that that suffering has like a quasi-religious or cultic 
um, value to it, and they're prepared to suffer. Um, that was a long oh, yeah. Time. I mean, the left has long been victims of leftism. Um, you know, as you point out, they're, you know, there's a, that's why they rely on brainwashing to make it, you know, to punish you and make you pretend that it's something that's good that's happening to you as opposed to a violation of your rights. It's classic abusive talk. Now, Tim, uh, Tom, sorry, I got um, a lot of questions in the Rumble Rant sections and in our locals community. Someone in our locals community asked, uh, let me see, it's uh, USA Now. Quick question, Tom. Should we still use Google, a.k.a. Gulag? I I don't know if you have an opinion on this, if there's any, because we know that DuckDuckGo has been compromised. The war in Ukraine was their tipping point. Uh, do you have an opinion on that? Do we use Google? Do we um, do we go to Duck? Oh, I think you should. I think you should use everything you want to use. I mean, my view is that. Uh, I mean, you want to go. I mean, do you not use YouTube? You know, you know. At least for Judicial Watch's perspective, we're going to be everywhere, and we're not going to be uh, put into a ghetto by the by big tech censors. Now, it sometimes means that we can't get all the truth out we'd like to, uh, but we're going to we're going to go. Um, uh, wherever we can, and um, and you know, as you're using these other platforms, just be aware of the restrictions and the potential invasions of privacy and other things that happen on those platforms. But I, I wouldn't, um, you know, I, I just I just wouldn't leave them because if you leave them, they win. You know, they're embracing censorship, right? So, and they want us to stay off these platforms. So why would we do what they want us to do? What, what they want us to do? That, that was, that was one of my arguments when people say dump, dump YouTube. It's like they, that, that would be the best thing for them. You would lose your biggest bullhorn to getting, even if it's a, you know, a, a code worded message out the jibby jab, the Rona, whatever, you still get the message out to the biggest amount of people out there. And I, I use Google just knowing that the results are going to be tainted. I use Wikipedia knowing that what they say is exactly where I should be looking because I'm probably being misled, you know, just picking on your profile in particular. I know where I'm being misled. And I know that when they complain about you denying climate change, that's my red flag to say, hmm, now I'm going to question climate change even more than I did before. Same thing with the election results. I'll just read a, a couple of, of rants here. I can't read. Adriana Valentina Austrian, Australia says, to be honest, FBI, CIA need to be ter- permanently dismantled. Tom, any chance of that happening under any government, uh, defunding the FBI, defunding the CIA, making these entities uh, contract to useful sizes and sizes that were more in line with their original raison d'être and not, um, you know, permanent deep state administrative bodies that actually pull the strings. No chance of it happening. Oh, I think, I think in order for that to happen, we would need a significant change in leadership. And um, so that's the challenge. And we don't have that leadership now to make it happen. Uh, you know, I just tweeted out something earlier today that, you know, they should have been at least be talking about cutting the budget of most agencies by 50%. I mean, the FBI and Justice Department can't be trusted to prosecute jaywalking. So I don't know why we would let them prosecute more sensitive cases. Well, so and, and there needs to be significant reform. Uh, you know, if not elimination of uh, some of these agencies, because, uh, you know, the damage they've done has been too great and there's no redeeming them. Uh, someone in our locals community at vivabarneslaw.locals.com, John McGarvey says, I want to know if the federal government had any hand in prosecuting it, George Kelly, 
for defending his property. I have to Google George Kelly because I can't remember which which situation that is offhand. Um, I don't know either. Yeah, I'm not sure. And you know, it's not no results are coming up to, uh, quickly enough. Um, what is what is next on the horizon, or what what are the uh, what are you most looking forward to uh, attacking, dealing with uh, in the immediate future? Well, we've got these immigration issues. Uh, we, you know, we only have five million people crossing the border illegally, so I don't know. I think that might be a big deal. Um, is the new Congress going to impeach Biden? What are they going to do in terms of investigation? Are they going to do anything other than argue about documents for two years? Are they going to do something more substantial? I think that's something that uh, uh, patriotic Americans should be focused on. And then, of course, you've got the continued uh, critical race theory, insanity, uh, the abuse of Trump, uh, which continues. Um, uh, you know, I think the left sees the best way uh, to beat Trump is not at the ballot box, but by abusing um, law enforcement powers to try to jail him. And uh, so what we're seeing is slow motion election interference with these various investigations of Trump. Uh, so those are all significant challenges. And, you know, in the past, uh, it was only Judicial Watch who was highlighting this back when Trump was first being abused in the beginning of his term. Uh, but now I think um, everyone understands what's going on here. So we'll see uh, if there's any pushback on this with um, you know, the targeting of him over the documents, which is beyond silly and outrageous, given our prior experience, knowing that they took the previous, the completely opposite position when it came to Bill Clinton and litigation we had and then trying to jail him for disputing the election as he's allowed to under um, state constitutional federal law and what he's arguably um, obligated to do as president, being the chief law enforcement officer of the country. Um, all right, Alex Davy Duke. So just, in, a few, just some small issues there. Well, no, it's, 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 it's almost, it's, 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 it's almost uh, it feels insurmountable and it feels like it's, it's reached um, a, a, something of a of a point of no return, but I, I do. You, do you get the impression? I mean, you're you're on social media. You you, you see the the tide. Do you see a tide turning at all, or do you see this getting worse before it gets better, if that's even conceivable? Oh, I think you know. Um, I think leadership. What's what's most heartening and disheartening at the same time is that it doesn't take a lot to get things done in D.C. Despite what you hear. Just one leader in the right place can can really change uh, the direction of the country, and um, and politically, it's not inevitable. The left says politics and history and what they want is inevitable. No, it's not. And you know, for instance, there's a fight here in in Congress just now. Uh, the local D.C. government has some radical bill they passed to, uh, you know, essentially help criminals. And they want to let um, aliens vote in local elections. And Republicans and Democrats voted to get overturn that rule under the law in, um, in, in the House. And they're worried they're going to get a majority in the Senate under a Democrat-controlled Senate. So the politics doesn't, isn't always as um, crazed uh, because there, there, there's always an opposition and half the country doesn't rejects, in the least, the rising communist revolution that I've been talking about. 
Uh, I'm going to read this one. Alex David Duke asks, Hi, Tom, has anyone subpoenaed Dr. Ralph Barrick to testify under oath for creating the SARS virus, has been supporting JW? Oh, I've been supporting JW Judicial Watch for years. Great job with FOIA. Do you know who Dr. Ralph Barrick is offhand, uh, Tom? I do. He was um, someone involved in um, promoting gain of function, if I recall, in North Carolina. Uh, and I don't know if anyone subpoenaed him. Uh, or whether Congress is going to subpoena him. But we'll see. I've got to read this one because it's a first-time supporter. Macromental says, Viva, love what you've done. Like forever, your name and mine, Fry, are the same, and your hair is epic. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Tom, okay. Uh, I guess, I mean, let's, 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 I don't know how much time you have left, and I don't want to be uh, discourteous. Go ahead. Uh, I've got some let, time. Go ahead. Okay. The Twitter files. So uh, Elon Musk has been blowing the lid off this. Uh, left, right, and center. Uh, these these Twitter spaces have been covering the scandals from uh, Hunter Biden laptop, FBI, COVID, etc. Um, what's I mean? Look, uh, it's it's a, it's an open question and it's an obvious question. But w- what's your take on what um, Elon has done with Twitter, and what's your take on on what has been disclosed? In the Twitter files, none of it comes as a surprise to you, I presume. Well, you know, taking a step back, the left has billions of assets deployed to advance their censorship agenda. It's in the academy. They're working, funded with by the government to get it done. Uh, you have the media involved, uh, and obviously big tech is happy to move, move with them. And what Musk has done is he's is thrown a monkey wrench into all of that. And it's a central battle in the efforts for free speech in the First Amendment, at least here in America. And if we lose it, I think it will significantly set back First Amendment freedoms in the United States for, you know, in a way that may be potentially irretrievable. So it's important. I think we support Elon Musk. And, you know, I don't, I don't know all of Elon Musk's political positions. You know, I do know he's doing the right thing or seems to be doing much of the right thing on Twitter, and I do know the left has deployed its assets to target him for doing so and retaliate against him. Uh, the Justice Department, uh, I mean, the Biden administration is targeting him. Uh, media is targeting him. Uh, the left, uh, the left board generally is targeting him. So, if you're concerned about these issues, I think you really need to be swarming around and trying to protect Musk and Twitter from these assaults. And, and the Twitter files are damning. Um, and what we should recognize about what the Twitter files show is not only this interference, where they knew that the, those who were, they were censoring, like Trump, weren't doing anything wrong, but they did it anyway, and they banned him anyway. And they were doing it before the election, too, censoring him. Uh, but, you know, we have to remember Twitter's small potatoes when it comes to the size of Facebook and Google and YouTube. And everything that we see exposed by Twitter that presumably Twitter has largely stopped, not entirely, though, just continues unabated on Facebook and, and, and YouTube, which is owned by Google. So that's, that's the real challenge. It's, it's, Twitter's been exposed, uh, but it shows the uh, – uh, we have to recognize that the censorship we saw on Twitter pales into comparison to what's going on right now on Facebook and YouTube. You, we're talking about talking around – YouTube's partisan ideological policing of speech about elections mentioned, I'm going to use use the word COVID. We use the word vaccine. Well, that's going to result in your post being vandalized. 
on both Facebook and, and YouTube with a comment about, oh, if you want the truth about COVID, which suggests that what you're saying isn't the truth. And then if you go to share it, at least on Facebook, they give you a, um, there's a box that pops up and it says, are you sure you want to share this crap? Now, it doesn't say that literally, but that's the purpose of the box to suppress the content. And obviously, then there are backdoor algorithms that further suppress the content if it covers these wrong topics. Uh, so um, it's not so much about Twitter, but about what's happening now. So Twitter stopped it. But what's happening now at Facebook and Google and other places is what we should be concerned about. Yeah, Facebook has been dead to me since I moved to, to, to Florida because I haven't been able to get into my account because the two-tier verification is going to a, a, a cell number that I no longer have. I have never been happier <laughs> without Facebook, but I do forget that people actually rely on Facebook to share information. Um, the, the YouTube- no, 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 Those of us on Twitter are lunatics, right? <laughs> and I say that jokingly. I mean, we're very active. You know, you, 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 Twitter is kind of like, you don't go on that lightly and engage lightly because it's, it's very, it's generally not pleasant, right? If you're talking politics and public policy. But Facebook is where organic conversations about politics pop up the way they would in normal family and, 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 you know, that circle type of relationship discussions. And so um, the policing of that is, is particularly onerous and, and nasty uh, because these are just regular folks trying to talk politics and they're, and they're just being targeted by the government and Facebook to suppress their content for no good reason other than to advance, advance this leftist statist agenda. Um, actually, one one thing that I haven't mentioned or haven't asked about, uh, Tom, uh, Seymour Hirsch, recent massive expose, and it becomes exponentially more massive based on the media silence around it about the Nord Stream alleged, purported, obvious sabotage, apparently at the hands of the U.S. Um, are you guys involved? Is Judicial Watch involved in that yet? And if so, any news? Oh, I'm sure we have FOIAs about it. I can't. I can't imagine they've responded to it. Um, I'm just skeptical of Hirsch's analysis. I haven't. I haven't. I have to. But that being said, I haven't looked at it that carefully. You know, he tends to be wildly off base <laughs> on on his thinking and such. So I, I don't know. I mean, is it possible we did it? Sure. I believe everything. Uh, is it likely? I don't. I don't think so. I think the simplest explanation, which isn't a good one is the Russians blew it up or folks associated with them. Oh, really? Tom, I wasn't expecting this. There, there might be starting of, a, of an internet beef between you and Seymour Hirsch. So you, 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 you believe that Russia, the more likely culprit is Russia as opposed to the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, we just denied it again. I mean, I know you, the denials don't mean much these days, but, you know, I, I just can't check my brain at the door. My instinct is the Russians did it, and I haven't seen anything persuasive we have yet. That's interesting. I, I'm, I'm, I look, I, I, I'm like of that new breed where as much as I disagree with you on this, uh, it's not going to sour any of my respect for everything you do. I, I, I'm in the exact, on the exact polar opposite. I say that the most obvious are those who openly said they wanted to do it. The U S Newland and, and Biden, uh, you know, Hirsch's detailed analysis is that, uh, they wanted to do it uh, before the summer got cold feet. Biden's plan was to put, uh, 
explosives on it that could be detonated later if they so chose to do it. They employed this fantastic technology of uh, you know, triggering the detonation with sonar pulses so they could if they could install it when they were down there for training and then trigger it at a later date with sonar pulses using yeah, it. So, you know, Hirsch, uh, Hirsch is a, and I like Hirsch's approach, you know, I kind of, you know, he's a, you know, I, I like his independent streak, but he has a habit of putting these stories out that are pretty extraordinary, if true, and they don't pan out in the sense that you can never figure out if they end up, if they were true or not. So it's a nice place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, interesting. I well, suspect I... that's what we're going to have with this story. It will never be proven true, one, or you know, or the history will turn out to be quite different. Well, I, I'll be. I will. I, I know it's too early for a FOIA request, anyhow, because of the delays that are involved. And yet, oh, it's never too early. I mean, it's now months since that. That you know, it's just a matter of whether we sue on the FOIA requests that are pending, because at this point, it's probably, what is it was, it's been at least six months since it's been blown up, right? Has it been six months? Already? My good God, like, it, it, it's been a little less than six months, but give or take. Yeah, but, you um, know, it's been a long time, so the FOIAs could be right, who knows? And now, But that all uh, being said, you know, I don't know what the answer is, which is why it's good to get documents about what the internal analyses were about the explosion, and, um, you know, who knows? Maybe the documents will tell us one way or another. And if they don't want to turn them over, well, that speaks, uh, that tells you something else, doesn't it? No, I want to, I, I'll, I'll, I'll eagerly be, I mean, I'm following you and Judicial Watch now, so I'd love to see what does or does not come out of that. Uh, Tom, I'm just looking at the, because uh, I was going to ask, you know, what, what do you guys do for, for revenue and, and support? Is your annual total revenue actually $109 million, give or take? Yeah. That's, That's what we raised, I think, last year in 2021. And, and I said we haven't this done, I, done the analysis for this last year, but it was about a hundred, a little over a hundred million dollars. No, and, and I asked widely, that one of the biggest and most widely supported conservative groups in the country, if not the world. And um, all we do is do this work. I mean, isn't it wonderful? It's amazing. I mean, it's all we it's, do. I mean, it's not like we're out there, you know you know, spinning for some major corporations or, you know, the type of Washington, the stuff that usually gets you money in Washington. All we do is sue the bad guys and try to get documents and, and help little people who have been abused by the government. And uh, the American people are very enthusiastic about it. We have at least uh, three quarters of a million active supporters. And just so it's clear, I'm not asking, I wasn't asking that as if to say you should, that's, that's impressive. And it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's, Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it's just great. And I encourage everyone else. If you're not supporting us, you should be, you should be, you know, it's not just a group. It's a movement in many ways. And well, I'd say that there's a lot of people who might be recently turned off of uh, project Veritas because of what they've done with James O'Keefe. So you might, you might have a whole new market of, of dis, disenfranchised uh, individuals who want to support investigative, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. journalism. What's uh, if I may ask, what's, what's your take on that? I don't know if you know anything not if you know anything. I don't know. Know. I don't know what to make of it. Um, it's very unusual what's happening. And, you know, we've been working with James for as, you know, as long as he's been around more or less. So, um, I'm hoping it's resolved in a way, uh, that allows project Veritas and James to continue to work together, but we'll see. Incredible. And, uh, Tom, before we leave, uh, you ha- you've written a few books. What, what it, remind the crowd. And after this, I'm going to blast out some Amazon affiliate links, uh, tongue in cheek. I'm going to, uh, your books, 
for those who may not know. Oh, yeah, they're all great books. There are three books, the Corruption Trilogy, maybe. Uh, the most recent one is, uh, I think it's um, <laughs> Attack on the Republic. I always confuse it with a Star Wars movie name. So uh, anyway, there are three Judicial Watch books, Clean House, the District of, let me see what they are. I'm looking at the, the guy. Clean House, A Republic Under Assault, and The right. Corruption Chronicles. <laughs> That's right. And uh, they tell you the story of corruption up through virtually the end of the Obama administration, from Clinton, um, uh, the, actually the Bush years too, and then Obama. And if you want to know how we got there, how we got here, uh, you really need to read those books. Uh, and, and they're just great books. And they, they get put in all one place, a lot of what we've been able to uncover um, in, in those 20 plus years I've been here at Judicial Watch. Fantastic. Um, Tom, did I forget to ask you anything, or is there anything that you absolutely want to oh, say? You know, I want to talk also about the election issue. I mean, we've been second to none in getting these election rolls cleaned up. I mean, we've been mailing these ballots to everybody and their mother uh, without ensuring that the rolls are clean. And Judicial Watch has been uh, in the forefront of enforcing the law that requires states to take reasonable steps to clean up the rolls. We just settled with New York City of all places, uh, and they're gonna, they will have removed as a result of our lawsuit and litigation 400, nearly 450,000 names, I think. Uh, so so uh, we're making some remarkable progress through our litigation, and sometimes even a letter gets you know, tens of thousands of names removed. Um, it's, it's, extremely important because in my view, the left opposes elections and everything we're hearing about isn't about, you know, voter ID and all of that. That's, that's kind of a, a attacking voter ID and things like that is just a tool to an end, which is to end elections as we know it. Yeah. Well, they want to make uh, make voting so easy that you don't even have to leave your home to do it. So we'll, we'll right. We'll do- and it will, and you can do it over the course of, of months and does that sound like an election to you or a rolling survey? It's to me, it just sounds like a, um, what's that show? American Idol, but you know, American presidents just just ha- have them auction off and have even if they had one night of voting, actually American Idol style. I think it would be more reliable than than what's been going on. The idea that it takes weeks and weeks to count to count ballots after an election is 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 a is a farce. Um, yeah, yeah. and don't let did, them tell you. And don't let you. Don't let them tell you otherwise. Because there's nothing normal about it, and we're the only country in the world that does it like that, for good reason. Fantastic, uh, Tom. First of all, thank you immensely for uh, accepting on such short notice. Because uh, it was a shot in the dark, and and uh, and and thank you. It was it was phenomenal. You guys do great work. Well, thank uh, the, you. I, the, we could do like an episode on every single one of the, the, the sagas, like I, going back to Hillary Clinton's emails. I mean, that I remember that. I was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's you know a success. She's not president because of her, the emails that we uncovered. That, that was amazing. Do you have an opinion on Seth Rich and the rumors that, um, you know, it, <laughs> the, the robbery was not a robbery, but rather retaliation for him having been the leak of, um, uh, or, or the access to the DNC servers? Well, in my experience, that r- murders that have a political component are almost the investigations are almost always compromised, and um, 
so uh, as I said, the most likely thing is that it was a, it was a random DC killing. Uh, but because of the way it's been handled by the government, uh, people have questions that haven't been answered. And, um, and at this point, I don't know if they're ever going to get answered. Well, I might, I'm, I'm going to try, uh, keep, uh, uh pinging, uh, Kim.com who, you know, at one point in time alleged to have had direct knowledge, but I, I doubt uh, it is if, even if he agrees to come on, we, we, you know, there may, there's only so much that can be known about things about which, you know, not everything is known. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, this, these things, by the time the truth comes out, everyone's forgotten about the scandal and it's going to be the same thing with COVID. It's going to be the same thing with CRT. It's just, you know, people will have forgotten the lies. They'll have forgotten the abuse. They'll have forgotten the scandal and they'll just continue moving on as if, um, as if things are going to change if they keep not changing. Uh, Tom, well, politi- you know, in my experience though, David, the politicians move on, uh, but they're only able to move on. And I think they're less able to move on because, um, because people are, 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 are fed up. I mean, the last thing you want to be talking about is the 2020 election, but the people still demand answers on it. And, and it, drives, it drives Republicans crazy, and certainly it drives the media and the left crazy who prefer that, that election go down the memory hall in terms of the questions about it. Uh, I'm, I'm a little more, I think I'm getting very much more black pill, Tom. I think people, uh, th- those who don't care, never cared. Those, some of those who did care want to move on, want to forget about it. And even some of the people who cared at the time vehemently say, there's nothing that can be done about that. And the way I'm looking at, you know, people having been abused by these by these shots and by these boosters, and now they find out all the stuff that they were told at the time they were coerced into it was lies and false. They just want to move on because, you know, they don't want to think of themselves as stupid people who are easy to manipulate, which is what many of us have to feel like. Um, and I think people want to forget to preserve their own their own egos. But maybe I'm maybe I'm just projecting right now. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But, Hopefully I'm wrong anyhow, but Tom, keep up the, the good work. It's You're doing the Lord's work, the political Lord's work. So keep it up. Thank you very much for, for coming on. And let's do you're it welcome. again. Let's follow up and update when there's other stuff. Stick around. You and I will say our proper goodbyes after I end the chat and end the stream with the chat. But uh, where can people find you? I mean, I know where to find you, but where can they find you on social media? Well, you know, Judicial Watch's website is judicialwatch.org, judicialwatch.org. And of course, as we discussed earlier, we're all over social media, so it's pretty easy to find me and Judicial Watch, but just by using DuckDuckGo or Google, whatever, or or, or the AI that's now running Microsoft. <laughs> I'll put up all the links in the pinned comment anyhow, and, <laughs> and, and, and tune into Twitter Spaces, people. You'll definitely hear Tom one of these days. Tom, again, thank you very much. Keep up the great work, and um, stick around. We'll say our profit goodbyes. Everyone all else, right, thank you. peace.